Well, um, welcome back to me and Taylor's podcast. This is probably the only podcast you guys are listening to, so... Congratulations on having more content to listen to for the only time this week, because you only listen to this. (laughs) Tay, what are we talking about this week? Okay, so, this week, we had a plan to talk about something else. Um, We obviously did a uh, little baby episode about Swarm. But that got us really thinking about, like, sort of the relationship that Twitter has with TV. So I could go into a lot of different things and, like, I could, like, set this up in a bunch of different ways. Um, There's obviously a little, you know, episode description that also, you know, we'll get to some of this. But if I was just going to distill it down, I'm like, this is the main thesis. Like, is it a good idea to hinge your your content, whether it's TV shows or movies, to Twitter, right? And so that can like obviously right. take place in a few forms. So we're going to talk about a few different things. Um, there are going to be the instance. There's you know there's an instance of sort of like hinging your content to actual content, right? Like actual tweets, like mm-hmm. turning those tweets into a movie, you know, that you may or may not have seen or heard of the thread or Zola. That can also be um, hinging your content to like sort of like discourse of Twitter, right? Like, and I think of like Atlanta and Insecure that like really are out here, you know, well, were out here like making (laughs) content that sort of felt like some of the things that we were arguing about online, like sort of making their way on screen. Um, What it looks like to do the opposite of that, right? And that's like Abbott Elementary where you know, Quinta has been very clear, like, girl, these are not your Twitter jokes. Um, and then mm-hmm. obviously, most recently, um, we sort of see this idea of someone hinging their content to like a pocket of Twitter um, with Swarm sort of like tapping into Stan Twitter. So I, I hope that that, you know, gets us through a nice, hefty conversation. Um, and we're going to, you know, just try to negotiate of if, if this is a good idea. Um, and yeah, would you do it or not? So that's what I got. Yeah, no, I, 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 yes, I think that's, that's something that we, me and Taylor have always, uh, really that we talked about a lot. Um, I think Twitter is such a main part of culture in general. Um, it was almost inevitable that this happened. Um, but I feel like what we noticed is in the past, I want to say five to seven years, um, Twitter content has permeated itself into traditional Hollywood, whether that be movies or TV, uh, for the better or for the worse. I mean, it really depends, right? I think that's 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 sort of what we wanted to dive deep into. So let's dive deep in. Let's go straight to Zola. Um, I think an interesting uh, also thing to note about each of these is like, when these pieces of content came out, right? Because like Twitter very much has evolved and anyone who has been on Twitter for the last six months even knows how much this app can evolve and how quickly it can evolve. So uh, for context, Zola, the like the actual thread came out in 2015 and then the movie, interestingly, didn't come out until 2021. Um, and so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, essentially it was a 148 uh, tweet Sorry, 148, like, tweet thread. Yeah, I don't know why I'm struggling with the words there. Um, Of a woman recounting. (laughs) I was like, uh, no, not tweet, Twitter. uh, I don't know. It was a thread of tweets, okay? Yo, I'm not going to lie to you. I remember that night. 
by the way. I, well, yeah. Because like at the time, um, Black Twitter, quote unquote, Black Twitter, however people define that, were was relatively small. So like when something like this pops off, like everyone's following this. And this is before like nowadays on Twitter, you can like formally thread yeah. tweets or story. <laughs> And so like it was the it was around the time where you basically had to like put like keep tweeting and then like keep tweeting under the tweet and it doesn't form into a thread. But like if someone comments in between you uh threading, it's gonna appear before you continue your tweet. It was messy as hell. So it's definitely not the uh no one was using the thread emoji to let you know not interrupt no. <laughs> um what it is that I have no. to say. Thank you so much. Uh, it was really the wild, wild west. Yeah, I was a pop culture writer at the time and I was uh, at work for part of the day and it was just funny because we're like in meetings and everyone's like, there's a new tweet, uh, you know, <laughs> as we're all following it. Um, so the tweet thread happens in 2015. We don't get the movie until 2021. It comes from um, the studio A24 uh, or I don't know, do we call it A24? I don't know, but A24. Um, A24, baby. And it was um, directed by Jazena Cabravo. And then uh, she and Jeremy O'Harris, they actually co-wrote um, the screenplay. So I guess my first question uh, for you as it relates to this is like, is that how you would have done this? Like, you know, if you are the studio and here's the story, right? And we've never seen anyone do this. Uh, I can't really think of any other time either like a Twitter thread has been, you know, sort of like lifted and turned into content. So maybe it's like right. hypothetically someone pops off some crazy thread tomorrow. I'm like, how would you handle turning that into a movie or a show? Who would you go yeah. to? I think for, I think for, for its time, um, it was fresh in terms of like taking, lifting that as a whole, right? I think it was the first amongst that sort of experience, right? Like, I think we're going to talk about later how other shows or T or movies sort of use um, Twitter as their cheat sheet, but this one's different. Mm -hmm. This one's like, hey, this is a tweet thread. We've we think we can make a story out of this. So we're going to lift this story um, and turn it into a movie. Now, personally, I think where it gets, where <laughs> to your question about whether I would do this now, there's a lot, right? Because like, you have to sort of think about uh, rights, right? In terms of like, you're, you're basically taking someone else's quote unquote IP, right? And then like, taking that and then turn it into a whole, like a, a movie or a TV show. Right? I think it goes to our conversation into our, our lost episode where we talked about articles becoming TV yeah. shows and movies, right. Or podcasts becoming TV shows and movies. To me, I look at this as the same thing. It's just a different medium, right. It's taking a, an IP that has already a fan base, right. It's just, to me, it's IP. And it, it, I don't think it got treated as such, right? right in a way. <laughs> they did like, her dirty, yes, sister. <laughs> she kind of got done dirty. And it also makes sense, the studio that, the, that decided to distribute the movie, because they're all about, like, A24 is all about um, fresh, so to speak, 
ways of movie making or indie movie style um, stories. And, and the movie itself, I know you've seen it. Like they, there are parts of that movie where they just straight up like use Twitter yeah. assets, mm-hmm. like sound effects and, and, and tweets on screen that, that sort of like to, because they knew, they knew what they were doing. They knew they were basically taking Twitter and, and everything around it to turn it into a story. Well, I think that this is a little bit different than like taking other types of like intellectual property to make a movie or a show, right? Because like, so, okay. This was, yes, Twitter, tweets. That's the original thing. Then this guy comes along and I think he wrote for Rolling Stone an article. His name is uh, David Kushner. And he wrote an article, Zola Tells All, the real story behind the greatest stripper saga ever tweeted. And then I think that A24 like comes in and they buy the rights from him. But the thing is, is like when you like are lifting from an article, like that sort of has been fact checked. And like as a as an organization, like as a media outlet, like Rolling Stone or like whoever published it, like they had to do their own due diligence, right? In order to like make sure that this was like legally like sound and that like no one would like, you know, come for them in any way, like seeking, Mm -hmm. you know, uh legal uh you know, legal action. And I think that in doing that, like you inherently lose kind of the fun of like the original thing that like was like what people were feeling, which was like, it was the wild, wild west. Like it was so chaotic. Mm -hmm. Like the story doesn't even make any sense. There's no one like there asking for, you know, anybody else's vantage point. Like they don't need to reach out, you know, she didn't reach out to anybody and then say like, they denied a request for comment. And so, like, it feels, like, really chaotic and fun. Like, it's just sort of lawless, like, reading the tweets. But then when it gets passed over to, like, this article, like, it has to be more buttoned up. And so I think that when you, as the movie, like, studio, say, okay, we're going to, like, buy the article, like, you're buying, like, this buttoned up version that, like, a lot of the people who read the tweets, like, didn't necessarily read the article. So now when I go to see this movie, it's, like, is this really like based? I mean, yes, it's yes, it's still based off of the like the original Twitter th- thread, but it feels like you like kind of like had to like button up your shirt a little bit, you know what I mean? On like, yeah, yeah, your, yeah. like <laughs> account of what it was, whereas like for sure, the feeling of the original thing was so different, and so that's why I think that like the Zola thing was so complicated because I know that like you know, the two people writing the screenplay, obviously based off of, you know, the fact that we, we we bought this article, I do know that they incorporated Zola into it. But like, I also think that kind of makes it a little tricky because Zola's like, no, you know, girl, that's not what I tweeted. Or like, that's not what happened. Or like, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, at the end of the day, like A24 has to operate in a way that's still kind of similar to the way that they've operated in writing the article for Rolling Stone, which is like yeah. Rolling Stone maybe had to like button the button up all the way up to the top. And A24 was like, ah, creative liberty. We can like unbutton the first two buttons. But like, that's mm-hmm. so different than Zola's like unbuttoned shirt, you know, <laughs> laughing <laughs> in the wind. I'm loving this button Actually, shirt. I'm like, I, that's right kind of why I'm like, I'm just going to keep talking in circles because I'm kind of like, every time <laughs> I see something, I'm like, add to it. 
Uh, like, that's why this feels different. And I don't know that, like, that there's... I don't know if there's been another, like, Twitter thread since that I'm like, this could work. You know, like, this story was compelling enough. Mm-hmm. I think that there are, like, threads and tweets that I'm like, oh, this saga would make for an interesting, like, five-minute short, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a feature-length film. But, like, I don't know. I think that if there was a feature-length film-worthy thread, I don't know that, like, we should do that. Yeah, I'm honestly, I think a lot of lessons were learned from Zola. Yeah. Um, I think to your point, a lot of it has to do with one, rights. Mm-hmm. In terms of, okay, so this movie is made. Zola, what does she get out of it? Right? It's her story. Right? right? There's also, to your point, there's Rolling Stone. And so there's a lot of uh pieces to this pie um and b- given that it was an indie mm-hmm. right it would need we would have to look at okay are there even threads nowadays that are worth going through all this to make yeah and another uh, another caveat i would add to this too is what, what would I, I liked the movie, but sometimes I felt like, um, to your shirt buttoning metaphor, that, was, that sometimes it was a little bit too buttoned. Yeah. Um, and they sort of had like to like take this wild thing, put it inside this medium to make it work for the big screen. Um, I think creatively, some of the choices directorially that were made made it fun. Um, but I don't think that it replicated to me that feeling the night the story was going right. on. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, actually really funny, uh, fun fact, not fun fact. This isn't that fun for anyone but me. But, um, when I went <laughs> to the, when I went to go see this movie, um, this white girl asked me to take her photo in front of the poster. And I was like, this is weird. And I was seeing her picture and she goes, yeah, my dad wrote this. And then her friend showed up a few wow. minutes later and I realized that her dad was David Kushner, the author of the article. And in <laughs> my head, I was kind of like, oh, that's so interesting, right? Like this white girl who is young, you know, younger than mm-hmm. than, than I am, you know, in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, land of the hipsters. <laughs> um, she believes that like this is, was her dad's like story being told. And I'm mm-hmm, like, you mm-hmm. weren't on the internet That's so that day. Right. Like, and I think that it was really, in- it was also funny because when I watched the movie, I didn't have an enjoyable experience. Like, I- 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 mm-hmm. I've never gone back to revisit it. And I think that part of it was because in my head, I felt like there were so many instances where like the movie was trying to explain things to the audience that like, if you were reading this tweet thread in real time, like you didn't need those things explained. And like, you know, like, and it sort of was, again, like it's that weird thing of like, they didn't really buy the the tweets. They bought the article and like, they bought this article Mm -hmm. and like, they're making this for like white audiences, you know, essentially like, you know, or like dumbing things down to explain things so that like culturally it translates. And I'm like, 
the essence of what this originally was, like, it doesn't require that and it doesn't need it. Uh, and so I think that that also, like, kind of robbed me of fully enjoying it. Um, and, yeah. you know, I know there were criticisms around, you know, sort of like, I don't remember her name, Stephanie, the white, the white girl played mm-hmm. by Riley Keough um, in the story. But, like, you know, Stephanie kind of, like, you know, points like kind of making Zola like this bad guy, like, you know, just, you know, like, like yeah. not bad guy, but like the cause of the problem when it's like, no girl, you're the problem. Um, and doing the thing yeah. that like white women are, you know, they're, you know, are accused of with fragility. Uh, and I, again, like, I don't know, I just, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but it's just like, these just sort of felt like all the ways where I was like, you didn't buy a Twitter thread, you bought the Rolling Stone article. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> and now I don't feel like I got, I feel like I got gypped a little bit. Uh, I think it sort of sums up our point here, right? That like, in in whatever form that uh, the culture sort of gets lifted from Twitter, mm-hmm. it's going to be sanitized in whatever other medium you're going to read it or watch it. And that's how I feel about a lot of, I know we'll talk about a lot of other instances, but like, to me... That's how I feel about a lot of content that comes from Twitter and makes it onto whatever screen, because I don't necessarily think it they work at all, right? Because I think that people have uh, I I have two theories. I mean, I've been I've been on Twitter since 2010, mm-hmm. and I have been a willing participant of quote unquote Black Twitter, right? And what I would say is. There's always this notion that um, Black Twitter is like this thing, this door you can open, and then like you'll you'll get to see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, tw- but Twitter doesn't kind of work like that, right? Like the way Twitter works and the way Black Twitter works, it has different pockets all over the place, and all of those pockets make up a a the Black Twitter, as as you say, right? Um, and some inside joke that might work inside a thread will not work when you try to lift it and like put it on a TV show or a movie or something like that. And it, I've never seen it work well enough for me to be impressed by it. Right. And I think, again, that that's my point. My point is people go into these rooms or write these scripts, they go, oh, like the loudest part of the culture or what drives the culture which is us they find this really funny if i lift this and put it in this thing they'll also find it funny in this medium and seldom does it work okay well we can end the episode right there i think car said that uh none of these are gonna work so <laughs> <laughs> uh okay well everyone have a great uh great week uh no more podcast for you uh just kidding um well, let's move to the next one then. Um, yeah. The next one in our timeline. It's really, actually, it's two. I've actually always considered these shows like sibling shows, like Brother Sister. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it's also, I think that it's it's largely because their audiences, one at the beginning was like, this is going to be for the girls. And then the other one was like, oh, this is going to yeah. be for the boys. And like, I felt like on Twitter, even we saw the divide and the way people were talking about that. Where I was like, oh, this feels really gendered. Um, but they came out the same year, Insecure in 2016. Yep. 
Um, and that was also the same year that we got Atlanta. And these yep. two shows, we'll talk about them individually, but um, these are two shows that I think are also grouped together because they both rely on like existing Twitter conversations mm-hmm. or like existing, mm-hmm. you know, a d- trigger, uh, trigger warning, discourse. Um, I'm like, mm-hmm. discourse Twitter is actually one of my least favorite parts of a black Twitter. What? I, where are we? Are That's we getting- actually my favorite no. part. That is my no, favorite part of Why? Twitter. You know, I, it's water cooler no. Twitter. It's just we basically turned water cooler I into this. Over it. I, my favorite part, though, the one part I do enjoy is when someone posts a GIF and it's like someone like yawning or like tapping on a watch being like, y'all going to wrap this conversation up tonight because if we're still talking about this tomorrow and I'm like, I know I'm sending an email. I don't know to who. What? You want to talk about $100 no. dates and dinner oh with Jay-Z? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just like, bro. And the thing that's crazy is no one ever renegotiates any information and switches sides or adds a new argument the next time we circle back. So I'm just like, no. you're not even changing stances. <laughs> it's just like screaming into the same I'm just void. Like reading the same scripts. Like if you're choosing, <laughs> like what what's the Jay-Z one? Truly, I blocked them all out because it's triggering. <laughs> Jay-Z's, it's like dinner with Jay-Z or like a hundred million dollars. Like, isn't that the argument? Yep. Yeah, I'm just like, yep. You know what I want to see? I want I want to see people who are like, I chose Jay-Z last time, but now I realize <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna switch sides. What is this? The debate Jay-Z team? Is terrible. And so I'm switching over because him and his wife are over here being unethical billionaires. <laughs> so let me be one too. Like that's what I, that to me is entertainment. Not that's no, no fun. It's <laughs> like everyone go to sleep or go to work. Get out of here. <laughs> They're at oh work tweeting. Gosh. What you mean? I'm like, this is too much. Okay, so <laughs> digress. But actually, did I? Because I'm like, that really feels like the basis, particularly for insecure, right? Like, a hundred percent. The way that that worked out. So, yeah, you have a better memory than I do. Uh, talk to me about <laughs> insecure and its relationship with Twitter as you remember it in those early days and how that's changed over time. Yeah, I mean. I think um, I've always said this. Uh, I've said that Twitter, uh, I don't want to say made Insecure mm-hmm. popular, but they went hand in mm-hmm. hand. Um, insecure, to me, Insecure and Game of Thrones were the last bastion of water cooler like TV shows, in a sense. Um, because not only was uh, it appointment viewing, like everything would stop. Be, like in the early days of Insecure's run, I want to say 2016, uh, the first two seasons, at least the first two seasons, this is when like Lawrence Hive was at its peak. Best Buy shirts in the rafters. You and wasn't that, it. just just to clarify, yeah. that was you, right? That was definitely okay, me. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm just going to see it. Um, you didn't have to put me on the spot like that. Anyway... <laughs> I knew what I was doing. That was I'll put my glasses back on. Get... A literal best by teacher. <laughs> You're like, let me go dig out my old uniform. Yep, I definitely went to in my closet. Stand with my brother in the geek squad. <laughs> Arms, and you know it. And that to me is what made it added a layer to insecure that 
almost it made it feel so alive, right? Because we would go when every episode would drop on HBO, we would spend the week arguing, right? And it it wasn't it was argument and jest, and that's why I loved about it. What I loved about it is people loved the show, and so they would come and discuss the show, which to my earlier point is the difference between now the first this is where things get triggered with insecure um when insecure had first come out the show definitely did not feel like it was lifting uh jokes or storylines from twitter um it felt like twitter was an accompaniment right it was like if i was in part of the marketing team like i could count on twitter like making our show our episodes viral and not to mention it was also around the time where the creators were also watching with us and that also made a difference too right like isa would be on the timeline uh tweeting <laughs> just like yeah. us like she's a regular day like she didn't write this show and i thought that sort of like that was a new thing and I, I feel like Insecure sort of like birthed that. Um, and people really started to see the power of, again, I have to put quotes around this, Black Twitter. Why are you Twitter, putting quotes around Because sometimes people think, you, like, because, because people be thinking it's like, people be thinking it's like a door someone opens that, hey, hey, Black Twitter, hi. Uh, well, I think that's, I think that that's <laughs> white people. Uh, I don't think that Black people um are doing that i'm like you don't have to put quote it's like you being like quotes around i don't know you're like oh we're like breathing quotes unquote air i'm like no air is real <laughs> black twitter is real you don't have to put quotes around it not me advocating for the negroes uh um, the, the negroes continue though i'm sorry but no but th that's sort of like my spiel on insecure um i think the first two seasons were that was probably at its peak. Um, and also it's a double-edged sword, right? Because, because Black Twitter sort of became Insecure's biggest supporter, right? When something wasn't going wrong, Black Twitter would also tell them. Um, but I will say, towards the latter part, of Insecure, I did feel as though some of the storylines or the jokes felt like, oh, they saw it on Twitter and now they put it in the show. So I think that um, I, I watched Awkward Black Girl like at work like a, one a day, uh, right before like mm -hmm. Insecure is like a, even the trailer came out. Like I had, I had never watched mm -hmm. it like when I guess everyone else watched it. Um, and I had watched it and then a few weeks later the trailer came out. And I think that like I wasn't, on Twitter as heavily at that point. Like I joined Twitter in 2011 um, and had been mm -hmm. on it. And then I think that like, kind of like in the early parts of like post-college life, I was like mainly on like Snapchat and like Instagram. Um, and so yeah. I didn't have the same experience, I think at the very, very, very beginning. And I actually do think that part of what got me back into Twitter, even though like I largely exist on Twitter in like a lurking capacity, um, was mm -hmm. the discourse, right? Like 
so as much as I hate mm-hmm. it, I'm like, you know, the fact that people were talking about it, were live tweeting it, like, I would probably say, like, partway through that season, I was like, okay, fine, you got me. Like, let me open up this little bird app to see what the people are talking about. Um, so I'm, like, on the <laughs> other side of that. So, you know, I'm like, it did bring those two things were together for me, but they didn't start out together that mm-hmm. way. And like, I don't necessarily know that I necessarily had a point of reference in the beginning of like what that relationship was for people on the other side of yeah. it, i.e. you being like, you know, we're here, we're in it, we're talking about it. Um, yeah. I was also there. I was there though for Lauren's Hive and I, I did have to dust off uh, my Twitter fingers um, to let a couple people know that y'all were a while in because Lawrence was not it <laughs> at that point in time. And it's funny, I think that, like, the one thing that I will say that is a little interesting, I do think that at the end of the show, yes, like, there were some things that I was like, oh, I've seen this on Twitter, or, like, I've seen this discourse, this conversation, um, this argument, whatever. But because they were also, like, wrapping up other storylines, it didn't feel like it was like overtly heavy-handed all the time yeah like mm-hmm. maybe what yeah. they would do is they were like okay well molly and Issa are beefing and like now they've got to like have resolve or there's distance between them or like this is the thing that's causing the beef and like maybe there's like some part of twitter that's like incorporated into like this is like the logic and thinking of people that are on this of this age you know that we see them talking about on twitter mm-hmm. like let's incorporate that into the story um but it mm-hmm. was also like, well, Issa's like, you know, got to pick a man. And, she, you know, is it the one that ghosted her? And I, wow. I, wow. Was ghosting even really like a thing that people like had named by name? Like, you know, but at that, like, Great point. I feel like people were starting to name ghosting by the name of ghosting. Maybe yeah. like a year or two mm-hmm. before we saw uh, old boy Nathan. Yeah. Nathan ghost Issa. Mm-hmm. And like when you think about like the life cycle of TV, like that kind of tracks and makes sense. Like, you know, for sure. hundred percent. It's not, you know, a one for one. Um, okay, so if we're talking about sibling shows, or this sorry, if we're talking about the show and then we're gonna talk about its sibling show, that would be Elenta. What uh how would you describe? Yeah, how would you describe the relationship? between Twitter and Atlanta, which, again, started same oh, time, and then man. it went a year later. Yeah. This one is really fun. This one, um, for me, this one is a tale of two halves. Okay, so the first, the first two seasons, season number one particularly, it was, um, not only was it the same year mm-hmm. as Insecure, it was, I wouldn't say Atlanta was as appointment viewing as Insecure, by the mm-hmm. first season, mm-hmm. but by the second season, it got massively popular. But what's interesting, though, about Atlanta's relationship with Twitter is Atlanta in the first season didn't so much as lift uh, storylines or jokes from Twitter. What Atlanta did, and I think this is a lot to do with um, uh, Donald Glover being a part of the black twitter there he goes no quotes um, him and his mm-hmm. brother they went and got uh people that were part of black twitter to be a part of the show and the first instance of that was the episode ab- about the the transracial mm-hmm. episode 
with that kid that was a 35 year old mm-hmm. white man mm-hmm. that whole that yes. whole episode. Yes. So that kid at the time was really popular as a Twitter comedian. He used to do like these Twitter videos that were really, really funny. And I was, I found it so interesting because it was like the first instance of seeing sort of like what I would call, to my point about Black Twitter being different factions, this was like the comedy, Black comedy fashion faction of Black Twitter of someone getting plucked out of that and putting like given a role that had nothing to do with what that person was doing on Twitter. And I found that super interesting. And the first season of Atlanta had viral mm-hmm. moments, right? So like there were a lot of moments from that first season that just went viral on Twitter because that show was like its first, one of the first instances of like, oh, this is like a black show, but like it's a different kind right. of black show. It's not insecure. It's not Fresh right. Prince, right? <laughs> it's it's not Martin, but it's like Black Weird is about Atlanta. And I think people gravitated to that a lot. Now, the reason why I say this is a tale of two halves is t- Atlanta, after the pandemic, strictly became, like the season, what was yeah, it, season three, three or season mm-hmm. four? Three was just like, Twitter jokes. It was Twitter storylines, Twitter jokes. And I just remember being like, first of all, these feel so yeah. outdated because they waited too long. Well, to be fair. Like we had, we had, we done talked about a lot of To be fair, it was pandemic. And then of course, everyone on that cast did blow up like career wise. So next thing you know, everyone's like, fair. I'm booked and busy. Fair. I don't have time to go back to Atlanta because <laughs> I'm an LA goalie yeah. now. <laughs> very fair very fair <laughs> but they, you're right no you're right they were dated um you know i honestly i don't remember any of them but i do remember this being a sentiment uh, uh, <laughs> I, literally i'm like sitting here like oh, can i think of anything no i can't but like there were a lot of jokes that were things that we had already negotiated oh okay perfect here we go thank you brain um I feel like, uh, like some of the um, cameos were like a little weird in timing. So mm-hmm. remember they did the D Ray episode. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. So we had talked about that like two Twitter years <laughs> like ago when everyone was actually like before the pandemic. That was like season six of Twitter. One <laughs> season twelve. Keep up, okay? It's like a new <laughs> iPhone drop. Okay, they don't happen. They happen multiple times a year. Keep up. Um, but I'm like, even thinking of like, um, the Kevin Samuels episode, like, I feel like I really know who Kevin Samuels was. Um, shout out to my algorithms. Um, like I didn't. Yeah. I was about to say, that's another faction of Twitter. Um, and I am not there. (laughs) Um, but I feel like, (laughs) you know, when that episode aired, he had just passed away like a few days prior. And so what's kind of interesting to me is, like, I'm, like, I wasn't big, again, I didn't really know who he was, but, like, basically, I can easily deduce and understand that, like, oh, like, that means that, like, this person and, like, however, you know, big they were and their audience was, like, this was not, like, oh, this is, like, we're in the midst of this right now. Like, this would have had to have been kind of, like, an ongoing, you know, sort of, like, 
thing. You know, Kevin Samuels didn't just like pop up out of nowhere, you know, for six months and then just show up on Atlanta, like as the basis of an entire episode. Um, And Mm -hmm. also ironically, like that episode was also based off of uh, the um, Morehouse graduation billionaire. Remember when they like the, that guy like wiped Mm -hmm. out all their student debt. Um, and that was in 2015. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, here it is now, so many years yeah. later. And it's like, yeah, kind of like that tie wasn't even clear to me until right now. And it only became clear to me right now because I know someone who's in that Morehouse graduating class who has also told me that he is a fan yeah. of Cam- Kevin Samuels. Um, chaos. The boys <laughs> are lost. Um, but also there was another cameo that fell out. To- oh, Chet Hanks. Like, oh, right. I, I think that, like, he obviously is a clown and is always on clown, you know, clownery. But, like, I feel like nobody was talking about Chet Hanks, like, right in sort of, like, the few months even leading up to that episode. Like, Chet Hanks was, like, peak mm-hmm. annoying, like, several years ago. And then this episode kind of, like, brought him back from, like, sort of the obscurity he was slipping into. Uh, so yeah, even even the cameos yeah. felt like they picked people, yeah, mm-hmm. that were not having moments leading up to when this season aired, but it had moments prior. Yeah, they lost me that season. And I think that goes to our overall point about how it's this could be a gift and a curse, the Twitter storylines. I was in they um, had me that season. They had me that you, season, but I understand. Yeah, I mean they I, again, it's like uh, tweets are not yeah. evergreen. <laughs> tweets yeah. are rarely evergreen. They move too quickly because way too quick. And so, if you wait again, production on TV shows and movies are anywhere from nine to eighteen months. So, if you wait too long, it's over, and the, the audience is going to be able to tell. Not to mention the audience that you want watching this. It'd be different if the audience you're presenting this to is not online, right? But most of the people watching that shows <gasps> that show is fervent users and, of. And Twitter. I will say that, like, that is sort of like an exasperated side because I do think that, like, that's also a detriment, particularly with Donald Glover. Like, this show sure. is like too like art house y, like it's too like. I'm going to yeah. say smart, but I'm not calling us dumb, but I'm just like, it's too like highbrow yeah. essentially for like the audience and like the, the interest of the people that you're trying to reach. Like people mm-hmm. on, I don't, I'm not trying to be reductive, but it's just sort of this thing that's like, you're tapping into things like, uh, you know, the conversations that we sort of get caught up arguing, you know, cyclically over and over and over and over and over again. And if nobody is renegotiating their point on these arguments, you know, they're not considering new information. Nobody is Googling to (laughs) read to get contextual (laughs) understanding of how things work before they go on, you know, their Twitter, you know, diatribe. It's like, are these the same people that like are going to enjoy something like a season three of Atlanta where like, the story is not the thing that they signed up for. Like there is a lot of like renegotiating that constantly has to happen. Like, and I think that like TV Twitter, like is into it. You know what I mean? But like, is like Shea Butter Twitter into it is like, you know, Hotep Twitter. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know that they're 
thinking about. Yeah. This isn't the thing that they're thinking critically about. Like, there's a small overlap sure. between people who are like, I love TV, and so I'm thinking about all TV critically. And people who do watch things and think about things critically, but like, when you're also like scooping in other factions of Twitter, they may not get it. And that also like makes me think of in season four, remember that time that Ern and Darius like kissed in the back of that van for Jordans and everyone breaking lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is my point exactly. Yeah. Like th- th- the, the faction of Twitter that's losing it because two men are kissing, like, they're not understanding like what I think you were trying to do or trying to say um, with mm-hmm. this. And I mm-hmm. think that like, that's mm-hmm. also kind of the problem with a show like Atlanta trying to do this. Cause like, if people will recall all of the uh, episode descriptions for season like four, at least I don't know if three did it, but four were like fake Twitter comments that Donald Glover <laughs> and company like thought someone would tweet in response to these episodes yep. that like you at first are like, are these tweets real? And then you go, no, because literally nobody had seen these. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> nobody's seen the episodes. Yeah. Um, because I definitely <laughs> had to negotiate that. And I I have media literacy. Like I know that like, no girl, they did not take a tweet from somebody who saw a screener nope. and that like <laughs> this was locked in months ago <laughs> like they wrote this when they wrote the episode <laughs> and like trying to negotiate and i'm like yeah maybe i'm a dum-dum like maybe it's maybe i'm the problem like <laughs> the show is I, I haven't opened my third eye of foolishness uh to get it that was a rant i don't know i'm sorry i have i have very complicated feelings about don glover's content yeah <laughs> which we're gonna circle back to but before yeah, we'll we do, we'll I'm like, let's switch over to sweet, uh, sweet baby Quinta. Um, yeah, this is like on the opposite of the spectrum. For sure. So uh, we're going to talk about Abbott Elementary, which premiered in 2021 and is still airing. Um, and this show is different yeah. because it doesn't do that. <laughs> no, at all. And let's. OK, so. I wanted to ask you this question, right? Is is it a lesson learned? Right? Right? They could mm-hmm. say that hey, we d- we we wanted our show to be authentic and it doesn't really serve our story, especially what we're trying to do. But do you think it's lesson learned, right? Because they thought that people were getting tired of this and if they do this it's not going to work. So, I do think that it's lesson learned. Yes. Quinta has you know, sort of alluded to the fact that, like, you know, this is not the same thing um, as sort of the other shows that you're accustomed to, you know, when they do that. But one thing that I Mm -hmm. do think that makes this a little bit different is, like, Abbott was never going to be able to rely on Twitter jokes in the same way that, like, insecure in Atlanta do because above all yeah. like Abbott is kind of like a workplace comedy and like yeah what uh-huh. that then means is like you get have you ever seen I mean I'm sure you've seen because everyone has seen an iteration of this but like there's like a tweet meme situation 
where people will be like, working is really crazy because one day you'll have a best friend who's like 62 years old, uh, you know, because they work in the cubicle next yeah. to you. And I do think that like, that's kind of an interesting thing that like, you're going to get in a show like Abbott as a workplace comedy that you're never going to get in an insecure in Atlanta. Like Issa never had to talk to anybody sure. who was over the age of like 35. And so like, it would make yeah. sense that like, you could lift Twitter jokes for a show about people in their late 20s, early 30s. But, like, imagine, like, you know what I mean? Like, all of the teachers at Abbott, like, talking in, ref like, Twitter references. Like, it, it makes... Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. I think it's insulated. Like, the show is too insulated. And to your point, it's intergenerational. Yes. And they got other shit to worry <laughs> about. It's a, it's, the show is situational to what's going on in the school. So, like, why would they have to worry about Twitter or, like, work, like, world events? I mean, yeah, I feel like, like the only person we see that with is with Ava, right? And, like, that makes sense for that character. Like, it makes sense that, like, Fits yeah, she's the one who's, like, doing a live in the middle of the day, like, selling stuff, like, from the principal's office. Like, she's the one that's, like, talking about what clubs, you know what I mean? Like, you know, let you in past, you know, ladies free till, you know, forever. Like, that makes sense. And so, like, I think that, like, you know, you, in theory, could do some of that. But, like, because it is intergenerational, you're not going to get that. And also, like, Gregory is not on Twitter. Because if he was, he would have got Amber a Telfar the first time around <laughs> and not those Lego flowers, which I thought were cute. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, But, again, that's yeah. what I love about it, right? It's, like... I'm on Twitter all the time, but I'm very aware that Twitter isn't real life, right? Like, I have friends that are not on Twitter that have no idea. Like, I'd be trying to tell them inside <laughs> jokes or, like, meme jokes, and they're like, or what are you saying? when they send, you or when you're, like, sort of Twitter tangential friends send you a tweet on, like, Instagram or text, and you're like, I saw this nine days ago. And you're ago. like, I saw this seven <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> Not only did I see it, I commented under it. We had a week where we talked about it as a unit, and it's I know, now I'm like reaching. Waiting for you. the time where I'm like, yeah, I know that tweet. I was the one that wrote it. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like I'm getting <laughs> to that point, and I constantly am negotiating with myself with those friends of like, do I laugh at this or do I tell them? No, I got a pity laugh. Yeah, but I that's what pity I said, like, Or do I just like say, babe? We know, like, we know. And then every once in a while, I just skip over it. And then I'll send them something irrelevant and I'll be like, here, like, I want you to be caught up in the time. <laughs> Join us in today. What you're giving is 2020, today. you know, one. And I want you to join me uh, on today, March 26, 2023. Here's a tweet from six minutes ago. Uh, um, now fixate on that. Um, but you know what else is interesting about, I think, Abbott um, as a show that doesn't rely on Twitter? It still circles its way back to Twitter, right? Like, I feel like I've seen so many, like, memes and even GIFs, um, and people do tweet about it. It's not live tweeting sure. through an episode. Yeah, live tweeting has mm -hmm. kind of changed. Um I think it's really tough. Uh, like I said, I think, yeah, I think the only things that are live tweeted nowadays are probably sports. 
Um, but there was a time again, like the Insecures, the Game of Thrones, to HBO, where appointment, yeah, appointment TV. And again, we'll see how sort of, I don't know, like the last season of Succession is coming. So I don't know if that's going to be live tweeted, but it's it's a thing where that week where the new episode drops, you know, you'll get the memes, the Abbott memes, the the videos. And I think, again, from lesson learned, a good thing is Quinta is also online, like tweeting with us, promoting the show. Um, I think all that sort of like helps keeps it top of mind, you know, in a time where nowadays, you know, Twitter's different, right? Like your for you tab might be 17 right. different topics at once. And so like people's attention spans are are really, really short because of that. But also, yeah, it doesn't have plot points in the same way, right? Like it's not 45 minutes an hour, like it's a sitcom. And so like, I feel like when people do tweet about Abbott, it, like the tweets fall into three camps. It's Quinta Brunson telling me that it's on right now on the East Coast. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> always see that. Coast. Or on Hulu. Yep. Yep. She, he is, she is the alarm clock. I said, baby girl, <laughs> get those views. Um, it is uh, gifts, right? Yep. Like someone has clipped or lifted. Um, that money gift is I, all time. I know. I all was going to say. Rafters. To be honest, it's on it's on the it's on the Mount Rushmore of 2022 uh gifts. 100%. Like, 100%. I, sometimes people use it and I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense, but I love the gift. Go <laughs> on. Uh, um, and then the third thing I think is like a reaction, not necessarily to a plot point, but maybe a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it was spoiler alert, uh Janine and Gregory kissing. Um, I think people tweeted about that after, like, finally, I know. we've been waiting for this. Um, but yeah, it doesn't exist in the same way. Um, okay. So that was an abrupt ending, but we have to pivot to the most recent, <laughs> the most. I, think, I mean, we did say we were going to circle back, so this is us circling back. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really have the language to describe other than to, like, simulate the sound of, like, smacking your your hand on a keyboard. <laughs> you know? Uh, um, so, swarm. Mm. Swarm indeed. That's me buzzing. That's me buzzing. Swarm um, indeed. Okay. So, you know, it sounds like we have said very clearly that like basing your content on Twitter doesn't work because sometimes you've got to you know there's weird IP things if you're taking directly from Twitter Uh, there's a timeliness issue right when you are taking jokes and like what's relevant and what's funny and then with Abbott they were like girl we're not doing that so you know there's something really you know and they got Emmys to prove it girl I guess also Insecure (laughs) and Atlanta got Emmys too so but 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 I do think it, there are Emmys, but also like it it does hit different because I also think that like again like it's intergenerational and mm-hmm. it's feel good and yeah. it's wider audience. Yeah, I, I also say to Abbott is the last thing I'll say. It's also very timely. I put it in the same yeah. bucket as Ted Lasso. It was in the time yes. where like it was the pandemic. People hated everything and they needed like escapism. They needed something that is yes. feel good, nice. They can watch, but yes, the girls are sad and yes. they want to press play 
on foolishness. 100%. Yes. Swarm ain't that. Swarm is not that. So <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about Swarm, baby. Ugh. Um, okay. I'll, caveat, Taylor forced me to watch this show. Don't I, do that. Taylor you literally strapped you me down to a chair it. and watched to watch this show in a matter of three days. But continue. Oh, wow. I did that from New York and you live in L.A.? <laughs> okay. Got it. You think I'm on a cross-country murderous spree to force you? You damn sure are. You Nija? You damn Get sure out of here. Are. Um, Kurt, you're going to watch this show anyway. I will. Leave me alone. <laughs> I will. <was. laughs> Okay, free Taylor from the allegations. <laughs> so, joke. <laughs> anyway, so, okay. This is a weird show, obviously in content, but in relation to Twitter, because it's not based on, well, it is. It's, I don't know. I would y'all. say it it's is. Confusing. They made a conscientious decision to make the pilot of this episode based on Twitter standom. And to be, I would say though, and they okay. aligned it. They aligned it to Beyonce standum because they knew that would hit. You want to know something interesting? Janine Neighbors, who is the co-creator, co-writer, co-producer, and the direct showrunner, she was showrunner, mm-hmm. um, said that when they made this show, they wanted you to be able to envision any celebrity you wanted. Let's, can we be real? B-F-F-R. <laughs> be fucking for real. To bring some Twitter lingo to this to this section of this podcast. I do I do love BFFR. Uh, <laughs> I do not uh, yes, I learned how to say it in sign language literally today. Someone sent me a video so I could be equipped as I'm learning sign language. Um but yes. Let's be for real. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> Janine, uh, let's, let's not hit with Janine. Um, okay, wait. I will say this. I will say this. I think that if they wanted to do that, I think there are ways that they could have incorporated the stand-ins, right? Mm-hmm. As other people. A lot of people were like, you know, the beehive is replicated for sure in like the ticket price situation you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, the main taylor swift fans are kind of crazy and obviously nikki fans are the craziest 100 percent. now one thing that i feel like i kept seeing on twitter in relation to this show which is a part of my argument as of to why this did not work mm-hmm. um so i'm like thank you twitter for being yourself mm-hmm. and then proving that this was a mess mm-hmm. um, just by being you. People kept saying like Beyonce could sue for this. And I was like, first of all, you think that Donald Glover, who literally starred opposite of her mm-hmm. in the Lion King remake, okay, that man got that, that lady's number on speed dial. Mm-hmm. You think Malia Obama. Mm-hmm. Co-writing episode five mm-hmm. in that little writer's room. Mm-hmm. Daughter of first, former first daughter of the United States. Mm-hmm. Don't got a way to talk to that lady. Okay. And then you think Chloe, mm-hmm. protege, number Beyonce one, protege, <laughs> did not send a text message to BFFR. be like, hi, hello, your buddy is writing a show. 
with this other lady. Correct. I want to be in it. Right. And it's so interesting to me because I was also like, first of all, the lady has seen the show and she knew about it. So there's nothing to sue. Yep. Number two, I was like, y'all either don't know a lawyer, which is fine. Okay. That's fine. Everybody knows a lawyer. (laughs) Or... You do not know that you can ask Jeeves whatever it is you want to ask. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> and so what you need you. to ask is like, what's the legality behind all of this? Because I was like, everyone chiming in of like, Beyonce's gonna sue. She could sue. She could sue. I was like, oh, y'all don't understand the law. You don't understand what like libel is. This is not libel. You don't understand what fair use is. This is fair use. Mm-hmm. You don't understand what like public figure, you know, what that means and like what's protected and what's not protected. And you don't understand that Amazon, one of the largest companies in the world, is not afraid of Beyonce and her lawyers. Yes. I hate to break it to y'all. Beyonce may have top tier lawyers. Amazon, they got that on, they got that clank clank on lock. They like, sure they're do. Not, Jeff Bezos. This is not Jeff Bezos money. <laughs> okay, this is not like, you know, some small, like, you know, media company making this thing. And like watching people trying to argue through all of this made me say, I don't think that there's enough media literacy for people to like watch this and understand like sort of like the behind the scene inner workings of like what it is that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we also saw that with like all the discourse again, I hate that word, but I love to say it in relation to hashtag. this. Um, hashtag discourse, uh, dis- discourse, Twitter, uh, trademark. Um, <laughs> but around Chloe Bailey and the sex scene. Yep. And obviously we talked about sex on TV last week. Um, and I am old lady and I'm just like, if we don't need it, Ooh, I've had <laughs> enough. Uh, but I, you know, it's just interesting watching people talk about like they were really having sex. There was no bouncy ball. I analyzed this 10-second scene for 45 minutes straight. <laughs> I'm a I'm an old man being like, Chloe got the yams. And like, that's not weird. Yes, it is. Like <laughs> watching all of that then turn into, well, uh, Halle, Halle Berry did this and it ruined her career. Well, Halle Berry is white past. Like, now we got, like, what yep. are we talking That's about? That's Twitter, like, right there. There's so, like, I think that, like, that being Twitter and, like, the fact that, like, we started at point A. And, <laughs> and ended up somewhere left. To the last letter of the Wingdings font. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what letter that is, but that's where we ended up. Like, proof to me that, like, we cannot handle a con- a show that's like based conceptually on a corner a corner of Twitter. Oh, absolutely not. And like, was this show executed well? I don't know that the point of the show was clear. No. Um, so Here's I'm not going to say it wasn't executed. <laughs> I don't know that it was clear, but like, I do think that like. There are other things we could have been arguing about instead of was there a bouncy ball? Yeah. Like, yep, yep. Between the two of them in this 10 second sex scene. I also think like, the show, uh, the discourse hashtag t- uh, tailed off after episode one. My thoughts are very much aligned. Um, I think if I was to boil it down to the conversation we've been having, I don't think in the system of if this worked as a piece written for Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it worked. 
I think, I think Donald Glover was like, yo, Stan, Stan culture on Twitter is really crazy. Look at the beehive. Look at the Nikki hive. I forgot what they call themselves. The barbs. The barbs. And he said, you know what I could do? Make a show about this instead of making this an episode of Atlanta. And I Not think even like <laughs> wrong show. <laughs> I think I think that it didn't work because the conversation he's trying to have wasn't had. And I think the yeah. show was too way too convoluted. I think it was confusing. It would probably take me another a second watch for me to be like, why doesn't ha- the main character have any humanity? Oh, okay, now I get it. After speaking to my resident, listen to every podcast on Earth to explain me this. That show, was Taylor. me. <laughs> I listened like I listened to like seven podcasts, and I watched the show twice. And the second time, I watched episode six last, and I said, "This is how they should have done it." Because now I I would not have been as confused. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, seriously, and so. In the end, um, I think he had a point. This is how I always feel about Donald Glover sometimes. There was a point in there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere when he conceived this idea, there was a really poignant point. He seldom reaches them. On some occasions, though, he hits them on the nail on the head. There are a lot of episodes of Atlanta where I'm like, Mm, that's it. I see you. You know what you're doing, but most times I'm like half baked. This is like a thing you thought it was gonna work, and you wanted to put your weird spin on it, and it's our it already veered left. Like people just care about episode one, and they talked about that for two weeks, and then now it's over because they're on to the next thing, which is Donald so majors. Uh, back to what we're talking about. <laughs> So I want to tell you, I looked up Janine Neighbors and her contributions to Atlanta specifically. Mm-hmm. I know she's done a lot of stuff, um, but within Atlanta, she wrote the Santa Claus is Coming to Town. So that episode, I think, of season three uh, where they're in Amsterdam mm-hmm. and that was like all the like blackface Santas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and then she also wrote in season four an episode mm-hmm. called Work Ethic with an exclamation point. And I didn't know what that episode was. So then I mm. went back and looked at it uh, at a synopsis. And that's the Tyler Perry episode. Very interesting. And so, because when I kept watching this, I agree. I felt like some of the things that, like, we in our own personal conversations have, like, explored with Atlanta season three that I think you just distilled kind of perfectly, which is, like, he has an idea, and I think that, like, he makes it for this show that, like, you know, his audience has really been built up on Twitter, but, like, it gets lost to us. Like, I think that's what it is. I think it's lost to us. I just am like, this is reverberating too high, and... I feel like I really do only understand things like, after I'm like, I've yeah. done a deep dive. Um, but I do think that it's kind of interesting that like both this and that Tyler Perry episode 
are kind of focused on, you know, big titans in Hollywood, right? And obviously Janine being involved in both. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they're both having a message. I think that the message of the Tyler Perry one came through a little bit clearer. For because sure. Because it was very clearly like, oh, he don't like Tyler Perry, period. Yeah. yeah. But when I watched, or when I, or, sorry, they, because, right, Janine also mm-hmm. was his creative partner on that. When I watched Swarm, Twitter made me think based off of like again twitter seeing this trailer and then like what their perception was so really is that twitter's fault i don't know but like that's how i saw the trailer like i was led to believe that like this was going to be like an indictment i think on like celebrity or like the celebrity you know fandom and like the craziness of what it was and like in all actuality like this was we're taking events that have happened that were like popularized on Twitter um, or that like blew up or like were viral on Twitter. And we're, we're stringing them and like weaving them together in a world where like one woman is at the center of it. And mm-hmm. so like, I didn't know, but like Marissa, AKA Chloe, uh, Chloe's character is like based off of like when Lemonade came out, there was a viral hoax that like a woman had committed suicide after hearing Lemonade. And like they incorporated that and mm-hmm. like, there was um, obviously reference to like, you know, white women feeling like Beyonce uh, was anti-white women when Formation came out uh, because, you know, in her being so pro-Black, they were like, she's racist. And like us seeing like, again, that white woman that Dre almost kills in the elevator, uh, spoiler alert, uh, um, you know, sort of mimicking that sort of behavior um, through her tweets. Uh, and mm-hmm. even the guy that she killed who lived in that big mansion. And mm-hmm. she was like, why do you say this? And he was like, nigga, Twitter? Like, Twitter becomes a character in this show because it's, like, being used to, like, drive the plot forward and sort of tap on very real pop culture events and weave them together. But, like, I don't think that that was clear to literally anyone. None. And the disclaimer at the beginning of the episodes, like, leads you to believe that they're talking about Beyonce. Like, I didn't know that, like, right. Billie Eilish and company was, like, a play on the Nexium cult. Like, I didn't yeah. realize that in the moment. Like, it just... In but that's crime, on them, though. It is on them. and Because, like, like, of course, the audience is going to think it's about Beyonce and Stan culture immediately. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm you led with them. that? You made that your trailer? Like, the posters? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm confused. Even the name. Yeah. Norm. Yeah. Even the name. So, I don't know. I think that, like, it's interesting. We have two shows in our conversation that are linked to Donald Glover. And I'm like, is the issue in those cases, like, hey, you know, basing your things on Twitter, basing your content on Twitter doesn't work. Or is it like, hey, Donald Glover and Janine Neighbors, y'all basing your stuff on Twitter (laughs) does not work. I think based on everything we've talked about today, the verdict for me would be it does not work. So leave Twitter out of it. I think Twitter should be a companion, not the main character. Okay. Now, are there any other social media platforms that you think could be a main character or should they all be... Uh, components like that's a TikTok, great question. Yeah, Instagram. that's a great question. Uh, now, hmm, 
the closest I can think of that happening, and this is not even a real example, would be Fire Festival. Because that sort of devolved on Instagram. Okay. Between all the press, the the trailers, and then people like the photos started coming out. But then again, that doesn't really count because what made Fire Festival became what it was was the documentaries, not really the like like, like the, the reliance on social. Yeah, yeah, or an Instagram. Right, right. So um, Instagram is a supporting character in that. You think? I think so. I think so. I, it's tough, man. I mean, like maybe TikTok. I mean, I'm not. I'm not really on TikTok like that. So. I um, TikTok's know. about to get booted, so tooted and booted. So <laughs> I don't know that uh But I know for sure, based on the evidence so far, um, I can't confidently say that like Twitter being your main character in a story, whether that be a TV show or a movie, that it's worked. So social media should stay on our phones, not be brought into our TV screens. Yeah, because you're just regurgitating, and regurgitating is never good. I feel like there's got to be a way for someone to do this well. I just don't know that I've seen it yet. Yeah. Like, there's got to be a way that it happens. And maybe it's it's probably not in a movie because, you know, movies are... I don't know. I think movies movies don't generate, like, a lot of... Converse, movies don't tend to generate conversation the same way that TV shows do. For sure. But I also understand that, like, making TV, you know, it does take nine to 18 months. Yeah. And one thing that I did kind of think about when watching Swarm that kind of made me laugh a little bit was, like, it is kind of funny that, like, the show starts and ends with the main character buying tickets mm-hmm. um, for a concert instead of paying her rent. Mm-hmm. And that hits really different after people basically what like a month month and a half ago mm-hmm. were on twitter talking about doing the exact same thing with these beyonce tickets mm-hmm. and like joking but not like i know people that are flying to other parts of the I was world say joking yeah i, I know right <laughs> um or other parts of, i mean to be honest flying to other countries is is apparently cheaper than seeing her in the united states but like people people were doing that and i'm like it kind of does feel like like that part of it did work. And maybe that's because Donald knows Beyonce and is like, Yeah, I think, all. again, it goes it's to the a point. line. <laughs> I think it goes to the point that he understands uh, that, that culture uh, well. Like, there were some things he was trying to say that did work that I was like, this is, yes, I can see what you're trying to say. Again, it's not... It isn't greater than the sum of all its parts, which is the problem. It's like some of the parts work, not all of it. Right. So maybe I'm eating my words. Maybe you're right. Like there's just no way <laughs> to do it all. Like it's until I see it, girl. I don't know. Maybe it'll be you. Child, I'm keeping Twitter on Twitter. I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay. I think I understand okay. the platform well enough to know. That one, the, that type of content isn't evergreen, and I think that's not what it's for. It's a, it's a, 
and I hate to use that term, but like it's basically the public square. It's where like everyone goes to say their opinions and their comments. And yeah, maybe once in a while, right? Remember there was this like time on Twitter where like people would fan cast movies and like put together a movie yeah. on Twitter and thread it. Yeah. And I used to always tell people, I don't think that would work. Right. It works on Twitter. It's, I love when people do that. It means they're connecting with the content, with the people. And that's great. I don't think that some story writer in a room should be like, Ooh, look what I saw today. Let's just lift this and turn it into an episode. Yeah, it's like the Abbott formula works where for sure. you let people talk about it the way they're going to talk about it, but you don't ever try to bring it into your writer's room. 100%. Well, I'm going to go scroll Twitter now. <laughs> while I watch this has TV. been a great combo, though. Yeah, while I watch TV in the background because um, <laughs> I that's how I multitask. And Same ironically... Sense. I think actually, you know, I think one more thing I actually think is kind of interesting that I'm like, before we leave, I also like to bring this up in support of your point. I think that because so many of us are multitasking in this way, mm-hmm. that the issue with incorporating Twitter into your show, particularly when it's like using tweets, right? Like literal mm-hmm. tweets, is like people are assuming that we're all locked in, like mm, phone that's away. A great point. And most of the time, we're not. Oh, there's a thousand things going on while I'm doing this. Yeah, and you can't have your cake and eat it, too. So, like, I can't be locked in to be reading tweets, especially if there's no soundtrack to, like, signal a tweet that, like, I need to look up and be reading Mm -hmm. and live tweet the show. Like, I can't do both. And I think that that is something that definitely happened in Swarm. Um, the murder of the tow truck driver was uh-huh. all because of a tweet that if you weren't paying at, paying attention at a particular moment in episode one, you missed AKA it. me the first time I watched it, <laughs> you missed it. Yep. And they reference it again in episode six when they mm-hmm. do the like mockumentary. Yeah. Uh-huh. But again, there's also a great, there's a large likelihood that I was also not paying attention at that exact moment as well. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I do think unless you're making the kind of TV where like people are glued Mm -hmm. and like they reserve, you know, their Uh, hour. Yes. Till the end. Um, or your show visually doesn't do the heavy lifting. It's the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, or it's a show like Game of Thrones where I think, like, you can kind of look at any point and be like, something crazy is happening at any point. Like, no matter what it is, like, every yeah. 15 seconds something else is happening. You're also uh, buy-in, too. Like, these shows, you're work. like, I know I'm coming in and I have to be locked in. Yeah. Yeah. And this is not... A lot and of these that, shows are not that. Mm-mm. These shows are not... I didn't watch The Last of Us, but that feels like a show where you're like, oh, I gotta watch. Oh, yeah, I had to put my phone down. And then at the end, that's when you and do then the reactionary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I added that to the end. Sorry to bring us back when I was about to say goodbye. Um, but <laughs> I just thought about that of, yeah, what am I going to watch? And like, what am I going to scroll while I do it? 
Um, <laughs> but this is a great talk. Uh, we'll talk next week about something else with TV. Um, we sure will. Yeah. So, talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.